Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and I'm here to bring you this podcast in the hopes that we can deal with this epidemic that is plaguing our country. Bullying is everywhere. It's in communities. It's in homes. It's in schools. And yes, it's even in politics. As you noted from the last election that we, we just had here in the United States. Bullying is a problem that's been around since the flood. The only problem that we have right now, though, with it, is that it just keeps getting worse and worse, and now you have adult bullies, you have more sexual harassment, you have more workplace bullying. What children were doing 50 years ago, you know, to one another, okay, those children have grown into adults and have raised kids who are now adults and who bully. It's a major problem that we have to face. And so it's out of the schools. It's into the colleges. It's everywhere. And this problem will not go away. But I'm here every week consistently to bring you an episode of Anti-Bullying 101 that I hope will give you some strategies, will hope will give you some faith in a system that I believe has failed our children. But the bottom line is, it only takes one person to make a difference. It only takes one individual to stand up. And if we do that as a nation, and we stand up to the wrongdoing that goes on, and to the disrespect and to the irresponsibility, we'll be a stronger nation, we'll be a happier nation, and we'll all be getting along as one nation. So let's work to try and stop this epidemic. Now... On Monday, 
<clears throat> excuse me, I had the pleasure of interviewing two gals who were absolutely tremendous. That was November 21st. It was Monday. In case you want to archive this episode. Radhi and Vasundara Oswald. These two young ladies have really taken the bull by the horns. And they have created a program that's called Stop the Bee. It's an anti-bullying campaign. And this thing grew out of the pain that Radhi felt when she was 16 years old. She is an you know, aspiring engineer, and she's co-founder of Stop the Bee, and she experienced plenty of bullying and the stigmatizing effect of what she calls double punishment at a school in Switzerland. Double punishment was she reported the bullying, and she got thrown out of school. How do you figure? She reports it, she gets thrown out. Doesn't make sense, but that's what happened. That's what she refers to as a double punishment. And she was very determined to turn this negative experience into a positive one, and she created this campaign to stop bullying and encourage bystanders. She wants bystanders to be encouraged and to stand up and report. Now, her sister, Vasundara, who was 22, she was inspired after she saw her sister, Radhi, get bullied. And she is another, she is a person who was also the co-founder of Stop the Bee. And she's working in a family business right now, so she's got a lot on her plate. But she believes that this movement, this stop the bee is a force for good. And she wants to empower people to become active as, not as bystanders, but what I would call upstanders. And she wants to remove the stigma that's associated with speaking out. Remember, I've shared with you, you even have to teach young children to say, stop, knock it off, or say, that's not kind. You have to teach them, train them at a young age to speak up and report things that are going on that are disrespectful and irresponsible, especially if they're being treated that way or if others are being treated that way. Now, I'm going to play the interview, but there was one glitch that we had in it and I'll share it with you. One of the questions I asked up front is, why did you want to start the anti-bullying campaign? And it was obvious, it should be obvious to you now, as I just read part of their biography, that they were bullied. They experienced pain. Radhi was bullied. And her sister observed it and couldn't take the pain that was associated with it, and she had empathy for her sister to try and put something together to stop it. 
So they started this campaign that grew out of pain, grew out of mistreatment, and they want to help others. The problem that I had was I didn't start the record button till about two and a half minutes into the interview. But there was a bunch of introductions in there and so on, and I've just done some of the introductions here. And the question that we had that we're going to be uh, dealing with uh, in just a few moments is why have you chosen to focus on the bystander rather than the bully? And what can bystanders do? And we're going to join the interview where the discussion was around what bystanders can do and how we can help people develop greater empathy for those that are in pain. So we're going to join this interview, which has been in progress for about two minutes. So you didn't miss a lot. And you're going to find out just how great these kids are. And I encourage you. These two young ladies are really loaded for bear. They want to make change. I and I'm going to put their Twitter and Facebook handles all you know on the in the episode description, so you can get go to their pages. But they are loaded for bear, and they want change. And I'm encouraging all of you, as my listening audience, to support them. So let's join the interview. Wrong, and they should report the bullying, and they should. Um... They should go to an adult or they should go to someone who's in charge and say that, look, this is happening. And they should take the initiative to do what they feel is right. But obviously, um, even just being there, hurting the victim and, you know, telling them that what's happening to you is not right, that I stand with you and it's wrong, is also enough. Mm-hmm. They need okay. to understand empathy. That's the main thing here. And if they understand empathy, then they can step in in the correct way because they would do what they feel is correct for both parties. Yeah, if they were in the same situation, they would react. Uh, they would react in that manner. So they would react as if it was them. Right. Okay. Ah, oh, boy, I tell you, and, and the the empathy part—that's the hard part. trying to teach someone a a character quality or an emotion or how to feel a certain way is very difficult it's very difficult because like as I said you can't grow a conscience and so you're looking to focus more on the bystander rather than the bully Um, so would you Speak to the bystander. In other words, you have a platform. Mm-hmm. Stop the bee. And you get up there and you, ha- and you have a group of bystanders in front of you. Would you. What would you say to them? That they need to speak up. That they need to speak out against when they see someone being bullied. That, uh, that it's not okay. That the situation is not okay. And they should recognize that more than half of the bullying in the world could stop within 10 seconds if they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know what? Uh, okay. I, I got it. And and standing up is the hard part. Standing up is the hard part. And I think we need to, uh, it's almost as if we need to tell them, look, nothing's going to happen to you, but we can't guarantee that. And we if, can't guarantee that. Yeah. And if they see more people 
But if they see more people stand up, like they'll they'll want to do it as well. And that's why at Stop the Beat, we feature people who are standing up for the right thing. And we feature people who are in that situation. And so this empowerment will allow for a whole group, a group movement, you know, in our generation, it's very important to do something that's empowering for everybody. So this empowerment will make people see the bystanders also that doing the right thing and stepping up that's what's really cool yeah and we have a, this is Vasudra here we have a lot of uh, giveaways and challenges on our page as well that encourage this behavior that encourage people to be active bystanders okay so you built that into your program which is excellent it really yeah, is. It's exactly. And, you know, one of the last uh, challenges that we had was the hashtag active bystander challenge in which our followers actually told us what they thought an active bystander was. And we had some really, really great entries for this. We had a lot of illustrations, videos of what people thought an active bystander was. And one of the girls that won was someone that went online and stood up for people that she didn't even know. So it was great to see that our message was getting across. Them. Yeah. And, and and so obviously someone was touched by it. That's terrific. That really is. Uh, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. We, need more of that. Yeah. we need more of it from 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 folks like you, young folks within this generation who can really, you know, if, at 66 years old, if I told my daughter who was 25 how to do something, she would say, oh, dad, please don't bother, you know, blah, blah. She'd give me a hard time. <laughs> if, if, if one of her friends told her the same thing, she'd do it. Exactly. That's why it's a campaign for young people, by young people. Young people tend to listen to people who are their age and who they feel re- they can relate to. I mean, they're not going to, like, if our page was just full of statistics that were not engaging and fun, I mean, you're not going to want to go to another school, you know? Like, I'm not going to want to go to a page that I feel like I'm doing something like a schoolwork. I want to do something that's fun and engaging, and that's what we, we wanted to do, and that's what we are hopefully doing. Mm-hmm. You guys are struggling with the pandemic as well, I'm sure. Um, here in the United States, I mean, some of the uh, our, our, uh, the states here are on lockdown. Uh, we, we can't go out. They don't want you having Thanksgiving dinner. They don't want you to do anything uh, <laughs> for, fear of, for fear of spreading uh, the virus. Um, and our kids are uh, more now into virtual learning than ever before. I mean, they're on the computer. I have a 10-year-old daughter that we adopted from Ethiopia. Uh, and and she's, she's downstairs right now on the computer doing her virtual learning. Uh, there's nothing you can do. It was either virtual learning or uh, go to school. Yeah. And now they're all, now they're all uh, going to virtual because they've had too many outbreaks. Do you think that during this pandemic, things have gotten worse? I mean, I would think cyberbullying would be the thing that would have gotten worse. But what about, you know, bullying in general? Has it, has it gotten worse? I think it has. Um, you know, a recent study from UNESCO, I'm sure you're probably aware, has shown that one in three children have been bullied online in the past three months. So definitely it's gotten worse. And the sad part is that means... One in three children are feeling what my sister felt when she was being bullied. Yeah, but also with this in mind, um, you know, we at Stop the Bee, we like to look at solutions. And so the other day, me and my sister were actually discussing this issue. And we also we also thought about how, 
we could look at look at this um, problem in a negative light, but also in a positive light that because we're all in the same household, all of us together, if the child is having a problem, they can easily go to their parents and say, look, hey, mom, hey, dad, like your daughter downstairs, she can come up to you and say, hey, hey, look, I'm having this problem online. And then the parent can be proactive and say, oh, let's, um, you know, and fix it and help their child get through the through this issue that they're going through. And like, even though there's so many issues that I'm sure you're aware of that there are with being in the same household, like running out of toilet paper, there's so many benefits as well. Like having your parents right there and having that support system right in the same area as you. So they can definitely utilize that. And that's what me and my sister believe should be, should be taken advantage of. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, parental involvement, I think you're saying, uh, yes. more parental involvement uh, in terms of understanding what their children are doing. It's kind of like years ago, there was a slogan. It, it, we used to only have three or four channels on TV, and one of them was Channel 5. And right before they did the news, right before they did the news, uh, which was at 10 o'clock, that a guy would come on and he would say, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, definitely. Definitely, yeah. there should be more parental involvement and definitely needs to be more monitored. And parents should feel like this is an opportunity as well. They should feel like this is their chance to get involved and help their child. So definitely on both parts, it's it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So what would you, what do you think the reason might be why the parents are not as involved? I mean, I have my answer. I'm just wondering what you guys think. Well, you know, uh, they're probably very busy at work as well. But mm-hmm. this being said, they can take out five seconds of their day to ask their child, how is your day going? Otherwise, or what's happening in your phone? Yeah. Or otherwise, why are they really parents? Mm-hmm. If they can't even ask, like, if they don't, can't even ask a simple question or, you know, take out five minutes of their day to talk. We are scattered. There's no question about it in terms of, uh, you know, even dinner hour. Yeah, and just uh, just spreading the awareness about this issue will help parents get involved because they'll obviously, like I said before, this this issue is so widely neglected because of the whole negative stigma attached to it and people not wanting to talk about it. Just talking about it, empowering children to talk about it will help the situation become better and help will help parents also understand what's going on because you're from another generation, we're from another generation. We need to find the balance where we're able to talk to you about it without feeling like this negative stigma is attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have written, um, and you could read, you could actually listen to one of the podcasts. It, it, I, I spoke about it, uh, and it's called um, uh, 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 Managing Stress and Building Balance. When you get out of balance, you get stressed out. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no question about it. And there's there has to time be. Exams. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. That, well, really, and you have to balance. And at 66, I've been doing this for years. You have to balance the physical, the mental, the social, emotional, and the spiritual pieces in your life. And they have to, you have to dedicate a little bit of time each day to each one of them. Now, some days you'll dedicate a little bit more to one than the other. I will admit that. 
Mm-hmm. But we all, we all need to exercise. We all need to think about reading and staying focused. We all need to have good relationships with people in and outside of our home. And we all need to have some type of connection spiritu- uh, spiritually, either to the um, either to nature or through yoga or uh, through some type of, of a formal uh, religious training, something. There has to be something there. So when you balance those four, you reduce stress. And when parents get out of balance in terms of the social and emotional dimension and don't pay enough attention to what's going on right under their nose, then I think you start having trouble. Yes. Definitely. I totally agree. Okay. So people see it. People hear it. People uh, witness it, they are exposed to it, they experienced it. So how come they don't report this stuff? Why don't they go to somebody, go to a teacher, go to a parent, tell them about it, tell them what's going on? Well, like I said before, um, there is this stigma that's attached to bullying and so the person getting bullied or the person who's witnessing the situation of bullying feels almost afraid to report it because if you're admitting that you're being bullied or you're admitting that you're seeing someone get bullied, you're admitting that you're different. And if you and difference right now is seen in a negative light, not as unique. So they're, they're afraid to report it because then they'll be discarded from the group. And in my generation, I feel it's at my age, especially it's very important for us to feel like we're part of a group. And so the bystander also feels that if they report what's going on and they stand up and become an active bystander, they'll be discarded from this um, the group because people have been programmed to think that being different is negative and not unique. And that's why, again, at Stop the Bee, we embrace our differences. We want everyone to come together and, and celebrate our differences almost. Um, so definitely this mentality needs to change. And that's half the reason why people are scared to report what's going on. Yeah, and I also feel that most schools do not have enough training when it comes to dealing with bullying, whether online or offline. And some teachers may not want to take out, you know, that hassle out of their 40-hour work week, but it's a mentality that needs to change, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, they need to realize that they're here to educate, not just teach. And, you know, also there's the, uh, the whole phenomenon of double punishment, you know, something that actually my sister went through herself in which when she told the uh, the teachers at school that she was being bullied, they actually lowered her re-evaluation grades and terminated her re-enrollment and basically expelled her. So no one wants to go through that, you know, or speaking up. And, you know, what, what they're actually saying is we don't want this problem around. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of, because of stuff like that, mm-hmm. we not only have to work with bystanders, we have to work to strengthen victims. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the scary part, the scary part is when a person, a person who is victimized can have difficulty, you know, in a lot of situations and they can get pretty angry because of it. Mm-hmm. And if if you were to do some research, you would find that in the United States anyway, 
uh, most of our school shootings were done by kids who were victimized. They were victims and they ended up involved in school shootings because they became so yeah. angry. They're so they're suffocated, you know, they're suppressed. No one's listening to them. And, you know, I I felt that suffocation and, and I know other children, so many other children are feeling that suffocation, that feeling that they can't. It's almost like you're stuck in a cage, you know, and there are words being thrown at you, but you can't, you know, you can't do anything about it. And that's obviously it's a hard feeling. It's a real feeling. And that's what people I feel fail to understand. Yeah, I think it's just a topic that's pushed to the side a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, when schools don't do what they're supposed to do, and that's hold the bully accountable. Mm-hmm. See, dealing with bullying is it is it really is there's two pieces to it. You hold the bully accountable. And then you help to strengthen the victim. Yeah. That's the two pieces that that's necessary. Uh, if we if we do one without the other, n- nothing works because there's always another bully that's going to come down the pike, and you don't want to become an adult who has confidence problems, self esteem problems, and all kinds of other problems associated with the fact that you were bullied when you were you know 12 years old. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you don't. Nobody nobody should go through that, and. Teachers should educate children on that as well, that, you know, bullying, and obviously they say in school, bullying is bad, but there should be more emphasis on the fact that there's so much more to just physical bullying. You know, I feel like online bullying is not talked about enough because of the fact that technology, and especially I'm sure you know this, in your time, you didn't have all the cyber harassment, the cyber, um, you know, the messaging and the bullying online, the social media. So obviously, um, so obviously it's increased quite a bit and I think schools need to put that into their their own set of rules of what's okay to say online and what's not and draw the line at certain places. Yeah. What do you hope to accomplish in the future with with this with your campaign? Well, like before, I want to definitely remove the stigma attached to the bullying situation. And also empower the victims, like you said before, that the victims need to be empowered. I want to do that. I want to show that victims, you know, they're strong. We're strong together and we should all be, we should be fighting for each other and we should be active bystanders. And we obviously want to turn the bystanders into active bystanders as well. And the whole empowerment, almost like I want to stop the B2B I know this is a little bit of a funny phrase to say, but a virtual hug to people who are going through what they are going through. Because it's so hard right now to, I want to tell everyone that's going through this terrible situation that it's not your fault, that you'll get through it, that um, it's, I know it's difficult. And even if people are neglecting the issue that's happening with you, that it's okay, that we're going to get through it. Like the empowerment is so important in my opinion. And we also want to encourage bystanders to become active bystanders. And we hope that our giveaways and challenges would do this, that they would they would participate and they would see that their words matter. And that that every everything that they say and everything that they do to help the victim matters in the end. We hope to get that message across. Okay, I agree. I agree. I think that you need to. Uh, get to the bystanders, and you need to help strengthen the victims. It's it's almost as if you know we can't as victims because I was bullied as a kid. I mean, you don't enter into something like this 
I have 43 years in education, and sometimes I still remember when I was bullied when I was 10 years old. You don't, re- uh, you don't forget words. It's hard to forget those words that were just thrown at you. They're like they're like bullets, you know? They scar you for life. It's hard. to just for- Even words, I feel, are more powerful than a punch. But the punch gets over with the words. You'll hear them again and again in your head. You know, the interesting thing, I always felt better when I had the, the fist fight. <laughs> then, that was, then, then that was over with. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that's done. But when the words have a way of melting into your being that become very uncomfortable, even as you think about them moving forward. Exactly. You're 100% right. 100% right. And I applaud all the work that you're doing um, for the cause. I really do. I think that... Um, I think that you guys are going to uh, end up going a long way with this because there's a lot of people, many people that need your help. There's no question about it. What I'd like you to do is share with my audience your websites, your social media pages. And um, if you wouldn't mind, email all of that. I have your YouTube, but email everything to me that I can put into the episode description so people can click on uh, your websites and so on. Um, And that'll absolutely help me out quite a bit. So share with my audience all of your social media uh, contacts. Yeah. So we're still developing our website, but I can definitely pass you the social media channels. I can email them all to you. We have, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our handle is called at the Otswa Sisters. The campaign name is Stop the Beat. So hopefully if you search it up, you'll find us. And uh, and yeah, you can see some of the great work we're doing and be a part of the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has been uh, a treat having the two of you on the show. Uh, I so appreciate the fact that you gave me your time uh, and that you were so open and that you are in you know, as young as you are, working to try and create a better world for everybody. So I thank you for all of your efforts. You're wonderful young ladies, and I appreciate it. Thank you so uh, much, James, for having us on the show. Yeah, and also I wanted to add that if there were, like, because of people like you who have studied this, we're able to understand this phenomena. So really, we have to thank you as well, because you have helped us understand this. And your research and your long hours on this, it's definitely appreciated. And so I, you know, you should hear that more. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm gonna, um, uh, we're we're going to end the interview, but I'd like you to stay on the line with me after I stop the recording. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks so much again. Well, there you have it. The Oswald sisters, they have put together a program Stop the Bee. It's a campaign to stop bullying and to empower bystanders. And I'm going to appeal to my listening audience again. Check out the episode description and be sure to get onto their Twitter page, their Facebook pages, their Instagram pages, Like those, share those with others because they are doing a mighty work here to really try and make a difference. And I shared it just a minute ago, as young as they are, 
as young as they are, okay, they are doing a work that will help the world, and they are to be applauded. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please, if you haven't already done so, become an Anti-Bullying Podcast Premium Member. I'm going to put the link in the episode description. Please do that. The other thing I'm going to ask my listeners to do, if you haven't already done it, please subscribe to this uh, to this podcast. This podcast doesn't run on its own. It takes time, it takes effort, and it's something that I want to keep going. So any support that anyone can lend to this podcast, it gives me a chance to have on folks like the Oswald sisters who are doing what they can to help stop bullying. Like I said before, it's everywhere. Schools, communities, homes, politics. And we look to you to try and make the change. We look to you to really get involved and help put an end to this bullying epidemic. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You have been listening to Anti-Bullying 101.